Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gateway to Grace call. My name is Elizabeth Tobin. I'm a certified resonance repatterning practitioner. We'll be doing some resonance repatterning on this call. And I also have James Dempsey on the call. James is a shaman, a channel, um, energy healer. He's going to be doing some channeling for us. And tonight we're going to be talking about love relationships. We're going to be talking specifically about twin flames and soulmates and just love relationships in general. And James, you want to say hello? Hello, everybody. Happy Imbolc. Today is Imbolc, which is a, a Celtic a feast of variety. Or, uh, in the Catholic tradition, would be the feast of Saint Bridget. And uh, we had a nice Imbolc ceremony with our local Druid Grove yesterday. It is the Celtic precursor of what we would call, in America, we would call Groundhog's Day. Same, same concept. Uh, the, the breaking the back of winter, uh, supposedly. So uh, enjoy. Uh, it, it's been a rough January for a lot of people. So I'm I for one had a joyous invoke yesterday, just because January was uh, quite quite long. <laughs> so so and, welcome everyone and happy Valentine's Day coming up for all. So. Bridie um, is the the goddess of the hearth, uh, the goddess of crafts and poetry and artisans, also midwife, birth. So uh, sounds like she's a she's kind of a good um, archetype for for love relationships because a lot of what she has to do is is around the home and harmony in the home and healing. So we're going to do a little bit of centering and grounding before we move into the channeling. James is going to start with the channeling. We're going to channel a member of the Council of Elohim. Manichesma is going to tell us about soulmates and twin flames, and then we'll do some resonance repatterning to get us all resonating with feeling safe in relationship to express ourselves and be authentic and get to a deeper level of intimacy. And the, the whole idea of love is not just necessarily for a romantic partner. You know, love relationships can be family, friends, and co-workers as well. So uh, uh, part of those of you who have had sessions with Liz are going to recognize this uh, modality we're going to do here. And one of the things that's very important about what Liz is, the the exercise Liz is going to walk us through, the the visualization, is the opening of the heart part. So, uh, and as we say, it's not just 
romantic love. It's 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 much more enveloped love. And the guide, uh, the guide man, the chessman is going to get into that a little bit too. So, so here we go, Liz. Okay, so sit back and close your eyes and connect with your breath. And imagine yourself sitting in sacred circle with all of the members on this call. We've got people all over the U.S., people in the chat room, maybe calling in or logged in from other places around the world, also including in our circle, expanding it out to the people that may listen to this call in the future. And breathe in and breathe out. And as you breathe in, breathe all the way down into your lower back. Fill up your belly like a balloon, expanding out at your ribs. A nice long exhale. Now, check in with your body and notice any places of holding or tension and breathe into those areas, filling them up with energy and breath and light. And as you breathe out, breathe out any holding, any tension. And with each exhale, feel yourself release and relax and let go. And now bring your attention into your heart center. And as you breathe in, take in that unconditional love that flows throughout the universe. And as you breathe out, send out that unconditional love that resides within you. So there's a perfect balance a perfect exchange of energy and love on the inflow and on the outflow. And know that you're surrounded by love, both within and without. And when you feel ready, you can open your eyes, come back into the here and now, so I thought before we began the channeling, I just want to check in with people, and I'd just like to get a, a sense of who on the call is not in a couple's relationship but would would but would maybe like one, and you can press um, star eight, and that will raise your hand. And if you're in the chat room, you can you can type in. Okay, so it looks like uh, like about half the people are 
not in a couple's relationship that would like one. Great. Wondering how I unraise people's hands. Ha ha ha. Oh. <laughs> Do you mute them all again or uh, that's a good question. Yeah. Let's see. Maybe that's what I do. I just go down and um. So what I'm just gonna unmute. So also wondering about how many people on the call are in a long-term relationship. or in a couple's relationship, and you can press star 8, and that will raise your hand. Maybe it's not a long-term relationship, but maybe um, it's a couple's relationship that maybe you'd like it to be a long-term relationship. And guess 16 says, um, oh, guess 5 says, seeing someone not, not sure where it's going yet. Uh, guess 16, can't hear anything. Let me, so we've got like, yeah, so about half the people are in relationships. Great. Okay, good. I'm just unmute, I'm just unraising hands here. I don't everybody again. And I'm going to unmute James. Here you go. All right. Here I am. Beautiful. Here I am. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. So we're going to talk to Mana Chesma. And James, would you like to introduce Mana Chesma? Tell us. Mana Chesma is is a long-term member of the council. This is a guy that we've been channeling for a considerable amount of time of well over a decade. I'm not sure if it's as long as some of the other ones that we offered to speak with, but uh, uh, quite a long time, actually. So uh, not one of the newer members of the council for us. You know, we've been, we've been channeling gods now for almost our entire marriage of 23 years, but uh, in terms of this group forming itself and calling itself the council, uh, that was a couple of years post uh, Liz beginning to do resonance repatterning in groups by proxy. So I would I would think that the council itself has uh, existed, you know, formed itself. Around 2001, but we had been channeling Manichesma previous to that. So, um, and uh, the, if anybody was on the last call or have listened to the last uh, teleconference from last month, the guide was gave gave their take on uh, twin flames and touched on soulmates a tiny bit, and the council is very much, you know, kind of on one voice about this. Mina Chesma gave us 
we channeled him a little earlier today, and um, I'm calling him him because uh, it seems like a him to me. Um, <laughs> but uh, we spoke earlier today, and man, the Chesma's take is just a little slightly different than the guy from last month. But in, in general, they're pretty much on the same page. So, so Liz has a agenda prepared, and I am going to. Mana Chesma's been waiting, so hello. Hello, who is this? Mana Chesma, we spoke earlier in, on this day, yes? Yes, yes, thank you for coming. Blessings and greetings to all on the on the telephone call and in the chat room and those who will be listening to a recording later. So we, um, we're happy that you're here and that you are willing to talk to us about um, love relationships and specifically about twin flames and soulmates. And I thought we'd start by um, just having you tell us what your um, perception is. What is a twin flame? There's a lot of what you might call new age philosophy about the specific definitions of what a twin flame is. And there also seems to be uh, websites and, and, and all kinds of different uh, different workshops and the like about finding your twin flame, about uh, about the, the whole twin flame concept in general, from the point of view of, of the majority of the members of this council, we're going to talk about a twin flame as if it was a soul that hadn't, every soul that chooses to incarnate generally has an agenda beforehand and that would somewhat be a protocol for the soul to choose where and under what circumstances, into what family, onto what continent on this on your planet to to incarnate into. Yes. Yes. Does, does that make sense? Yes. So a, a, a twin flame, what we'd call a twin flame, would be a soul that perhaps had had a greater agenda and found perhaps that it would be necessary to split in two and that each half of that soul would, one half would pursue uh, what might be a majority feminine agenda where the other half would 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 choose to pursue a majority masculine agenda now that does not mean that it would be an entirely feminine agenda etc that, that there's definitely areas that might cross that particular divide but there's over 7 billion 
incarnated souls on your planet, yes? Mm, yes. And the numbers that would choose to be twin flames or split in two to pursue their agenda are, are, are very small, extremely small. So the idea of a person or a group of persons pursuing a, a, an agenda where they're looking for their twin flame and they're not going to be happy, or they're, they're not going to be happy unless they find their twin flame. The, I'm sure everyone on this call is, knows somebody that could have said that, yes? Mm-hmm. And, and then, then there's all the talk of soulmates as well. So, uh, can you just backtrack a moment when you yes. mentioned about so that the soul splits into and incarnates into two different people, and one Correct. of the people is pursuing the masculine agenda, and the the other one's pursuing the feminine agenda. Yeah, so the, large, the largely masculine and the largely feminine agenda. Yes. Yes. So does that mean that in a twin flame, one of one of the um, people is a man and one is a woman? Not necessarily. But, but a, a twin flame could choose, each each half of that twin flame could choose to incarnate as, as a female or a male as well. As a female pursuing a female agenda and as then the other half being as a female pursuing a male agenda. Uh, chances so the idea that so many folks are looking for their twin flame and the, the, the numbers don't bear that out the numbers the, the chances of twin flames meeting are probably pretty good because of the magnetism and the electromagnetics and, 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 and the spiritual electromagnetics involved and yet the fact is there's not many, that many of them to begin with, so many of the people who are yearning for their twin flame, they might not be split in two to begin with, yes? Right, and how would one know? It's, it's very difficult to know. It, it's so hard to back up and, and, and look at the whole situation from outside of the being that you are. We're not, to, we're not here to say that it's, it, it's not possible. And chances are, if you were a twin flame, that, that you would probably yearn to find the other half. And, and yet, there are large numbers of people who aren't a twin flame who who think they are. Is that what you're saying? Or who yearn for that. They feel like they're incomplete without the other half of their twin flame. And that yearning or incompleteness may have nothing to do with twin flames at all. It may be a, a different part of a single soul's agenda, yes? Right, right. It may have some other aspect of the the agenda that 
soul chose to incarnate it as. Perhaps they chose to incarnate into a family where the parents were distant or, or what have you, and that's some or part of their part of the things they're in this lifetime to learn uh, about how to love themselves, accept themselves for who they are, uh, etc. That and that yearning has nothing to do with the fact that there's another half of them out there somewhere, and right. out there. And out there, that other should should there be a twin plane, and that other half was out there. Odds are that that other half would be incarnated on your planet. You did do it together on the same planet, but not necessarily either. Yeah. Oh well, that's an interesting twist. So, if you are a twin flame, a soul that has incarnated into two separate beings at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're on the same planet. Not necessarily, but most likely, but even still, the numbers are so small to begin with that that going there, we, we, we could go down there for another five minutes where mm, right. you have. <laughs> yeah. so, so it sounds like what you're saying is that number one, chances of somebody actually being a twin flame are quite slim. And Incredibly slim. And the yearning that people have that sort of makes them think that they are a twin flame could be due to other issues that need to be addressed, not the fact that they're a twin flame yearning for their other half. It could be that they have issues around abandonment or loneliness or something like that. Or, or, or incompleteness. And generally, the, the, the most people who are looking to find their twin flame, they're holding out for their twin flame because they feel incomplete and they're certain that the only way they can be complete is if they found the other half of their twin flame where... Um, with you know that that is that's actually quite limiting. So it could be taking them down um, a dead end path. Well, we'll get to that a little more once we're going to start to talk about the soulmates. Correct. Okay. Yes. If we went through that, then it would lead us to. A healthier place for the vast majority of of you. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's talk about soulmates. So what's the difference between twin flame and soulmate? Well, twin flame would be one, the other half of a divided soul, a soul that chose to divide and incarnate. And chances are incarnating on the same planet, but not necessarily in on the same in the same country or any of that. Although it's possible. Depending on the agenda. Mm-hmm. But a a, a soulmate and, and there's a lot of discussion about your perfect soulmate. And that whole idea is very akin to the idea that there's only one <laughs> and that uh and that you know very akin to the twin flame idea searching for the twin flame and yet our soul family 
tends to be a, a, a greater number of of souls that are part of your soul family. And could be 20, could be 60, could be 100. So that the chances are, and the, there could be 300 of only 100 being incarnated. Does that make sense? So soul family has a lot of people and not all of them incarnate at the same time. Not necessarily. But the chances, for example, if you were person A and you're 30 years old, the chances are very good that you've dealt with, at the very least, several soulmates or members of your soul family during your lifetime. It may be apparent. If you're from a larger family of siblings, you know, five or six siblings, chances are very good that one of them is a member of your soul family. If you're an only child, you know, perhaps one of your best friends might be a member of your soul family. Now, the, the interesting thing is that there's a lot of discussion and thought about the, the whole idea of a soulmate or a member of your soul family. That that it's that the relationship during this incarnation would be would be good and would be necessarily uh, what one would consider positive or and or loving. The the that idea is could be also a misnomer. Your worst enemy in your lifetime could be part of your soul family. And the, that, that person would be there to push your buttons so that you, would grow, so that you would learn and be able to grow. So some of those, some of those, uh, some of your actual soulmates, you know, aren't friendly to you in this incarnation. That doesn't mean they're not useful, and that doesn't mean you're not helping each other. Does this make sense? Yeah. Doesn't it's not intrinsic though. You know, the idea, most people's idea of meeting their soulmate in a romantic way, um, and it happens that that happens considerably more than a great deal percentage more that you're going to meet a member of your soul family and be a romantic partner with them. Chances are much better than ever meeting a twin flame. Well, and one of the interesting things to consider is that, say you're person B, and you're on your third husband. One of the interesting things is that uh, your soulmate could have been your first husband, the one that you... <laughs> that you had a horrible relationship with, and, and you had to go through all that, all those machinations, and and grind and gnash your teeth, and maybe have a horrible marriage, in order for you and them to learn. And that that doesn't sound right. You're so, that you're, you and your soulmate are are, <laughs> are here to. Uh, you know, are, are, are here to fight.
fight for 10 years and then get divorced, right? That's That sounds insane, but not not necessarily insane. So it sounds like... Um sounds like we humans have romanticized the ideas of soulmates and twin flames and and it's it's more of a romantic ideal rather than um a potential reality that we would find the one person for us in this lifetime and live happily ever after in hum- in harmony and love that's not impossible, and and that that's not impossible at all. And the, the odds of that are way better than finding a twin flame. And yet, you know, the numbers don't. It's a worthy goal, but to hold out for that is can be detrimental to finding a very good utilitarian love. That's good love. That's with someone that's not your soulmate. That happens all the time. And it seems to me if one is interested in spiritual growth that whether they are in a relationship with their soulmate or with somebody who's not their soulmate, there's still the opportunity for spiritual growth because when you're in a relationship the other person mirrors back to you your stuff and you choose people to be in relationship with that prompt you to grow and, and heal old pain. If if they're prompting you to grow in a nurturing way, well, that's great. And But if they're prompting you to grow where it's pushing your buttons and, you know, sitting on a cactus, uh, that's not so fun but it's still great if you grow. <laughs> but maybe you could get off the cactus and grow in another way with somebody else. Yes. <laughs> it's it's not necessarily a comfortable thought that 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 it you know could be like that, but uh, and that's that that's where the romantic notion of it comes in, and it is you know the the happy fuzzy fairy tale ending happens more than thing. But holding out for it the idea is the idea is to access love. The idea is to have a big glowing circle of love. And and if you can make that a part of your daily existence, the chances of you finding, if if you're single, of finding someone within the zone that you're looking for, especially if you're finding someone in your soul feeling, it would improve than than if it was just, if you were just holding out for your soulmate. Does this make sense? Yes. Visualize a an ice cream cone with just the cone part where the round end of it is sitting on the ground. And visualize where the, the point of that is a twin flame. And then the next 
third of that cone down would include your soul family or potential soulmates. And then the vast majority, the two-thirds of that cone, would be uh, other love and family relationships. So that's the base. That's the base of the triangle, the base of the pyramid. And um, if, if you're holding out for that twin flame, you're missing out on two-thirds of, 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 of the stuff you can get. And you're limiting your access to only the very smaller parameters. If you ha- open up to bigger parameters, your your odds actually improve. Does this make sense? Yes, yes. And so does, it also... Does, does the, asking a question to the people on the call, are the people that are confused by this? So do you want to know if anybody is confused? By the explanation that we've just... Okay. So yeah. is anybody confused by that explanation? Yes. Guest 7 says yes. Okay. Is there a question from Guest 7? Um, do you have a question, Guest 7? Is it part of it that is less confusing or more confusing? And so... So it sounds like what you're saying is, and let me see if I can recap it here. The takeaway is, number one, twin flames are so rare that holding out for one can can be, um, can be really limit you. You may never find one. You might not even be a twin flame. Um, and if you are one, the chances of you finding your twin flame other half are very slim indeed. It, it, What's the slimmest is that you are one to begin with. If you are one to begin with, chances of you finding your twin flame in this existence, in this lifetime, probably a coin flip. So if you are a twin flame, you probably got a coin flip about actually finding them and having a relationship with them. And yet, the interesting thing is you 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 both could be No, we're not going to go there. Uh, yes. Right. And so, and then a soul, soulmate is somebody in your soul family, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a lover. Um, although so it could if, be. Although it could be. And so, if you're holding out for you for for your soulmate, thinking it's going to be this one specific person, that also limits your possibilities. If you're 50 years old, the odds are very, very good that you've dealt with, you know, between between four and ten soul family members in your lifetime, maybe some of them for your entire lifetime, maybe some of them for periods of time in your life where you walked a path together and then, for whatever reason, went your own way. Mm. So the, your your soul family is is a larger those those in your soul family that are not currently incarnated into a 3D existence on your planet are, 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 are keeping tabs and watching out for you. They may be one of your spirit guides. Very, very, very more than possible. Very probable, actually. Oh, that's it, another call. That is another call, yes. 
Okay. Very probable that very probable that several of your spirit guides are a part of your soul family. Yes. Okay. And so the other thing um that I believe you said is to increase your chances of having a loving the loving relationship that you desire in a couple's relationship. Yes. It would be um good to open yourself up to to all kinds of love, whether it's friendships, whether it's um passion in your work, whether it's family because when you're in that vibration of love, then you're in a state of attraction where you would then attract a mate. Yes. Is that what you said? That, 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 that's actually very uh, very succinct. succinct. So, let's, so all, let's, all, let's all practice on this call for, for a minute. Oh. When you did the invocation at the beginning and you got everyone on the same page, pay attention to the heart center. Visualize your your heart center. And for those of you who understand what chakras are, visualize your heart chakra as if it was a big green beam coming out from your heart. And that beam would be coming out the front of your torso and out the back of your torso. So there's really two beams, yes? Visualize that. Uh, Emerald green, Kelly green, Irish green. uh, And and it's a, a light, like a light. Just visualize that. Would you like to increase your chances of attracting a love interest? Those of you on the call who said you're single and that you would like to attract a love interest. For all of those people on this call who said that, this visualization is the single most important thing you can do. It's very easy. You're not thinking about why. You're not thinking about what. You're turning on two lights. You're turning on a big green beam coming out the front of your chest and a big green beam coming out the back. That's it. Do that a couple of times a day. See what happens. When you're walking down the street and you see someone who you find attractive, Turn this green beam on. See what happens. Don't even smile. Just turn the green beam on and see what happens. It's amazing that when you play around with this, just, and it's, the interesting thing is, it's not your imagination. It's physics. These chakras react to your thoughts, just like if everybody put their index finger in the air. Wiggle it around. Good. Close your finger. Put two fingers in the air. Wiggle them both around. Your chakras react in the same way. They do the same thing. All you have to do is think about them. Turn that green light on. What you're saying to the universe, when you turn this green light on, you are saying, I love you. You love me. 
But you don't even have to think, I love you, you love me. All you have to do is turn on a big flashlight, Pete. Want to increase your chances of getting a date? Play with that. Walk around town, walk around on the sidewalk, and if you're in a crowd or or, 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 or on the train in your commute, play with that. See what happens. We'd love, in this council, we'd love to get some input from those of you who are... Um, We'd love to get some input from those of you who try this. Here's another excellent thing to do with that green bean. For those of you who are in a relationship now and you argue with your partner, turning and you recognize that you get in arguments with your partner, and you understand the escalation process, and sometimes you find yourself in the escalation process, and you don't know how to stop it. Turning a green, turning a green beam on in the middle of an argument has an incredible track record of stopping the argument in its tracks. So those of you in a relationship, try that green beam when... When uh, when you're in in an argument, stop stop the argument dead. Not 100 percent of the time, but a lot of the time. Watch your partner's jaw drop and wonder what the heck you're doing. It's fun. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. So well, during the season of love, there's. For those of you looking for a relationship, you can use that green bean for that. And for those of you in a relationship, the other thing about this green bean is that you can use it in your other relationships. If you're having issues of work with a coworker, et cetera, et cetera. And anyone interested in learning more about that, please uh Ask questions in the in the group on Facebook, or you send an email to either James or Elizabeth, and they'll be willing to discuss it more with you. Excellent, thank you, thank you for that. So we've got a wonderful, um, a wonderful new tool that we can play with to attract love and to dispel arguments. Lovely. The green beam. James is has a lot of fun with that. Two or three times a week just turns the green beam on just for fun, just to see what happens. And usually results in a smile, even from strangers. Without offering a, without offering a smile first, would just offer the green beam you often get a smile in return. Very interesting. And it, 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 and, if, and if you try it that way, you'll be amazed at the results that you get. And so it's, it's not your imagination. It's, it's physics. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. So 
we have only about 15 minutes left, so I thought we'd move into the repatterning now unless there's something else that you would like to leave us with. There's probably two big things going to come up in this repatterning that are going to shift a lot of stuff for a lot of the callers and the people who listen to the recordings. You don't be afraid to go over by a few minutes either. <laughs> okay, thank you. Blessings. Thank you. To all of you. Well, Wonderful. Wow, that was a quick exit. Uh, how was Back that? With us, James? Very good, yeah, thank he you. Know, he just went. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, excellent. I hope that was uh, worthwhile to everybody. Felt pretty good. I, um, I like that guy because the connection is very, very, very strong. Sometimes when I have a guy, it doesn't feel as strong as that particular one. That one's wicked strong. So, so I hope that was all useful to everybody. Right. Dying, dying here with the guy that said, I'll listen to the recording when it comes up. Yeah, yeah. Mm. All right. So we're going to move into the resonance repatterning part of the call now. So this is where we actually identify and release any blocks that we have to receiving love, to feeling safe. Uh, we'll move into resonance with, um, well, we don't, we'll see. So, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to tap into the group's composite energy field. And there are a number of people who I heard from that asked to be proxied in to the session as it was being done, who couldn't be on the call tonight. So I'm proxying them in with their permission. And if you're listening to the recording of this call, you can set your intention right now to participate in this session. If you are on the call at this moment, I'm going to ask for your permission. May I have your permission to muscle check for you and include you as part of the group field? Yes. If you can say yes. So with the repatterning process, this is a way to identify what we resonate with that blocks us from having the loving relationships that we desire. And also identifying what are we not resonating with that would be helpful for us to be uh, more attractive. Um, and I don't mean like attractive in a, um, like a good-looking sense. I mean energetically <laughs> attractive so that we attract the, the partner for us. Or if we're already in a relationship and we've attracted the partner what do we need to, to move into resonance with that will help us to even bring that relationship to a deeper level of connection and intimacy? So that's the intention for this repatterning. So at this time, I'm using the muscle checking, tapping into the groups field to see what we need to work with here. So at this time, we need something from orientation, problems into opportunities, an intention for a new possibility. There's something from one of the repatternings that we need to look at, yes. And the best repatterning for us at this time is something from A, B, C, yes. So we're going to work with the chakras. It's number one, two, 
three. Ooh, the sound frequency repatterning. Very interesting. This is one of the more esoteric repatternings um, that have to do with the chakras. So this is, when we're talking about frequency patterns, we're talking about sound waves. And those sound waves can also be um, particles as well. So we're talking about frequency in terms of what's the octave, what's the amplitude. So this is this is breaking that down into its component parts, a frequency pattern. And these parts, we're going to look at them in terms of what we know as musical notes, because the different notes correlate to, to the different chakras. And so we'll be looking at the frequency, the the octave, the harmonic, the amplitude, sort of re really deconstructing a uh, frequency pattern. And like I said, this is it's a this is a little bit more esoteric than some of the other repatternings. So let's see what we need here. Does anything more from the introduction that we need to look at here? Yeah. Okay. So. Um, I'm just going to read this so it was by way of introduction. So we are a pulsing field of frequency patterns, and every thought, every emotion, every physical organ and tissue down to the smallest cellular structure has its own frequency pattern. And when we function optimally and feel fully alive, our frequency patterns are coherent. And when we have pain, poor health, disease, or disharmony in our relationships, for example, we know that our frequency patterns are non-coherent. So the frequency pattern could involve the note of the frequency, the octave of the note, the amplitude, the harmonics. And let's see, we need to look at this in terms of a problem. Yes. Okay. So let's um, take a little pause here. So a problem. What is a problem that you're having in relationship? And I'm just going to check here. I need to check in with somebody who's on the phone. No, I need to check in with somebody in the chat room. No, so I'm just going to get this from the group field, just sort of tuning into the field here. So this is around safety. It's about not feeling safe. And 
so a couple of things are coming to my mind here, so I'm just writing them down, and then I'll check to see whether I've got it here. So it's something about intimacy, no. So I have it here. Yes, it's number one and number two. So okay, so we got it here. So I don't feel safe being open and vulnerable in relationship, and I don't feel safe to express my true essence in relationship. So that's what we need. Yes, okay. So we're going to check this. So what I'm going to ask you to do is, is I'm going to repeat this these um, patterns here, and I'm going to ask you to say them after me, and just notice what it feels like in your body as you say these. You might notice, might feel like there's some tension there. Um, you might notice that maybe there's a part of your, maybe your shoulders get tight, or maybe your solar plexus feels kind of queasy. Just notice what it feels like here. So repeat after me. Say, say I don't feel safe being open and vulnerable in relationship. I don't feel safe being open and vulnerable in relationships. That is resonating. That is on. And say, I don't feel safe to express my true essence in relationship. I don't feel safe to express my true essence in relationships. That is resonating as well. Okay. So there's anything more in terms of the problem that we need? No. So we do need to identify the disharmonious note? Yes. Okay, so the note that we are going to switch off, the disharmony here, is something between C and E. It's F, okay? So note of F relates to the heart chakra, so that makes sense. Note of F. So this disharmonious note. And... We need the exact frequency, yes. Oh. Yeah, right there? Yeah, I, uh, the the first one, I had a big pit in my stomach, and the second one, as soon as you made us say it, I felt like a big, like a hand let go on my head. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, okay. both of them, just, just identifying them was nice. <laughs> All right, so the exact frequency of the note of F that we need to work with is 349.23, yes. Okay, so we're checking the note of F at its exact disharmonious frequency range. So repeat after me, say 349.23. 349.23. Cycles per second. Cycles per second. Yes, and that is resonating. So that is on. And so you might not know, like, what, what does that have to do with anything, and that's okay um, because, like I said, this is getting a little bit esoteric here when we're talking about frequency patterns. We're really deconstructing the pattern here using the language of numbers to, to uh, symbolize the patterns. Usually we use uh, the language of words to symbolize the patterns. So we're getting real specific here with the numbers. Trust the muscle testing. 
<laughs> yes, trust the process. Yes. Okay. So we also need to identify the octave of this um, disharmonious note of F. Yes. And it's in one of the tables here. It's in table one. It's column one, column two. So this is in the, the delta brainwave range. Very, very um, low frequency. So we're checking the note of F at exact disharmonious octave range. So um, say 2.73 cycles per second. 2.73 cycles per second. Yeah, and that's resonating. So that is on. Right. And let's see. There's something that we need to look at from this section here. So this is the significance of the note, note of F. And it's we need the non-coherent aspect. Yes. And it's number one, number two, number three. It's the first one. It's the second one. Okay. So what's coming up is I overemphasize details. And so you could think about how this might uh, relate to what you experience in relationship, and particularly in love relationship, and how that might get in the way of really uh, experiencing the the deep level of love that you may desire. So, James, repeat after me. Say, I overemphasize details. I overemphasize details. Yes, and that is on. And I should say, not only just James say that, but everybody say that. And notice what that feels like as you say that. I overemphasize details. So we also need the um, coherent quality of the note. Yes. And it's number one, number two. And it's the first one, it's the second one. This is interesting what came up. So what came up is I am capable of fine analysis. So say that, I'm capable of fine analysis. I'm capable of fine analysis. Yeah, we're not resonating with that. And it's interesting that, you know, when you think about the heart, you don't really think about analysis. That sounds like more like the head. And yet here it is coming up as relating to the heart chakra, the note of F. So we also need the personal well, core. Well, the, heart, the heart is so much more electromagnetically sensitive, Ian gives out a power, more powerful magnetic force than the head does. Yes. So. Okay. So we need something from this section. Yes. Okay. So this is the um, the personal correlation for the note of F. 
So repeat after me. Say, I see what needs to be done. I see what needs to be done. And I commit myself to action. And I commit myself to action. Yeah, that is not resonating. Right. So you can think about, well, how does that relate to your relationship? Well, the not the most recent, uh, not the most recent, but the, the, the details. Yes. It's like you're getting hung up on the details, and it's keeping you from the most recent statement. Mm. Yes. You're letting you're letting the details freeze you like a deer in a headlight. Right, or maybe you're too focused on some fine point of detail without sort of allowing, maybe seeing the person in their totality. So let's see, there's something that we need to look at from the planetary frequencies. Yes, okay. So the planetary frequency that we need to work with here is one through five. 6 through 10, 6, 7, 8. This is the moon frequency, moon. Oh, this is a full moon, isn't it? No, come up, though. Tomorrow night, right. Right. So the moon frequency, moon's about emotions, feelings, And so we need something from the coherent aspect, the positive qualities. It's number one. Yes. Okay. So repeat after me. Say, I acknowledge and access my feelings. I acknowledge and access my feelings. Yeah, that is not resonating. So you could see how that being switched off could be a hindrance in really expressing your true essence in relationship. Okay, there's anything that we need to look at from the negative aspect? Yes. One through five, number one. Two, number three. And say, I am disconnected from my feminine creativity. I am disconnected from my feminine creativity. And intuition. And intuition. Yeah, and that's resonating. That is on. Right. Okay. There's any other planetary frequency that we need to work with? No. I'm just going to check here. Anything around a brain wave that is needed? We need to look at the vertebrae. Yes. So, so with the chakras, the chakras correspond to the vertebrae, and there are different emotions that correspond to the vertebrae. So we're looking here at the how this cor- the vertebrae correspond here. So we need to look 
in the cervical thoracic. So thoracic vertebrae relates to the heart chakra. And there are 12 thoracic vertebrae. We need to focus in on T1 through T5, T6, T7. So the seventh thoracic vertebrae, number one, number two. All right. So what came up is I refuse to enjoy. So say that. I refuse to enjoy. Yeah, and that is resonating. So let's see here. There's anything else we need to look at from the vertebrae? No. Anything from this section, H? No. We need the harmonic. Yeah, so the harmonic that we need here is 1 through 5. Number 1, the first harmonic, fundamental note. Interesting, what came up is I experience sacred union. Well, isn't that appropriate? Or I'd like to see that beyond. Yes. So say that, I experience sacred union. I experience sacred union. Yeah, you know what? That is actually umbilically off for us. We have no energy, so that's off at a core level. And that, that to me, is like the crux of what I think drives this idea of the twin flame and the soulmate. It's this, that yearning for sacred union with another person. And so what we learned tonight is that you can have sacred union with somebody and they don't have to be your twin flame. They don't have to be a soulmate. Sacred union is possible with another person without sort of this this overlay of complication like that. Um, and, if you're, and if you're open to the bigger picture, the details will fill in. Right. Yes. Yes. Sort of so we don't need to exclude or, or close ourselves off from possibilities because this person isn't my twin flame. It's not my soulmate. Sacred union is is possible with 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 everyone, right? Okay. So now we're going to go to the modalities. So the modality that we need, we're going to do this um, this interval to harmonize the frequency pattern. So the first thing that we need is the fundamental note is between C and F. It's between, it's F sharp, G, G sharp, it's A. Note of A, A relating to the brow chakra. And then the interval that's needed is something here from one through five, number one, number two. So B is the, the next note relating to the crown. So uh, so tonight we're working on the the higher chakras, the heart, the the brow, and the crown chakra. So let's see how we're going to do this. So it's best for me to use the tuning forks for this. 
Yes. Okay. So you may or may not actually hear these, and that's okay, because what I'm doing here is just working with the vibration. It's just enough to put the vibration into the field, and if you don't hear them, it's okay, because that's not really what is important. It's putting them in the field. So we're going to work with A and B. Okay. And I need to take off the headset. Yeah, so I am going to take off my headset and I'm going to strike these tuning forks and put them near the speaker. So you may actually hear them, but you're definitely going to be absorbing them through um through the lines here. Okay, so I'm going to take off the headset. Like the tuning forks. We'll just take a little pause and let that integrate. So we're making an input of energy into the field to shift these patterns to turn off the negative and turn on the positive. And there's another modality that we need at this time. No. All right. So it's best to go back now and recheck the statements. Yeah, so we're going to go back now. And this is where we go back and recheck the statements to confirm what has shifted. Have a little sip of water. All right, are you ready? Yes. Okay. So, um so everybody, repeat after me. Say, I don't feel safe being open and vulnerable in relationship. I don't feel safe being open and vulnerable in relationships. That is not resonating anymore. We've turned that off. And notice what that feels like now when you say it. Notice the difference. Maybe it doesn't feel as true or it doesn't have the same kind of emotional charge as when you said it the first time. Or you might even notice in your body that your body's feeling more relaxed or maybe more neutral. Okay, and say, I don't feel safe to express my true essence in relationship. I don't feel safe to express my true essence in relationship. That is not resonating. That is off. Excellent. Nice. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. 
All right. Now we're checking the note of F at its disharmonious frequency range. Say 349. 349. 0.23. 0.23. Cycles per second. Cycles per second. And that is off, not resonating. Excellent. And now we're checking the note of F at its exact disharmonious octave range. Say 2.73. 2.73. Cycles per second. Cycles per second. Yeah, that's off. Nice. That has shifted. And say I overemphasize details. I overemphasize details. That is not resonating anymore. Good. So we don't have to nitpick each other. <laughs> that's, I think, what that's about. <sighs> well, we also don't have to limit ourselves to looking for a twin flame or a soulmate. Right. Those are details that... Those are some of the details that can hang you up. Right. That could that are irrelevant. Okay. Say, I am capable of fine analysis. I'm capable of fine analysis. Good. That is resonating. Fabulous. That is on. Now, I get the feeling that that particular one is heart chakra stuff rather than, and it's about you, you're capable of fine analysis with your feelings rather than with your thinking. Mm. That was the, that was the, that was how it was tickling me. So your actual, your feeling can be analytical. Okay. Which you yeah. normally don't think you normally don't think of feelings as being analytical. Analytical is usually all in your head, right? <laughs> right. But being yeah, able but, to discern feelings and be in touch with them, you get that gives you a lot of information. That lots of us tend to re- disregard. Right. Okay, so let's check this. Say, I see what needs to be done, and I commit myself to action. I see what needs to be done, and I commit myself to action. Nice. That is nice and strong. Excellent. And here is the moon frequency. Say, I acknowledge and access my feelings. I acknowledge and access my feelings. Good. That is on. Excellent. Say, I am disconnected from my feminine creativity and intuition. I am disconnected from my feminine intuition and creativity. That is off. We are no longer resonating with that disconnect. Yeah. And I think that just brought to mind what Manichesma was talking about in terms of that that lack of completeness that drives people to think that they need that twin flame to complete them. Right. That disconnect there. So it may be that switching this on, uh, switching that off, that disconnect will help us to feel more whole and complete. Say, I refuse to enjoy. I refuse to enjoy. Yeah, that's off. Nice. Let me check that umbilically. 
check this one here. Say, I experience sacred union. I experience sacred union. Good. That's on, umbilically on. And this I refuse to enjoy. I wrote off when we first checked it, so it makes so now I'm not quite sure if it was umbilical. So let's try it again. I'm gonna check this one umbilically. Say I refuse to enjoy. I refuse to enjoy. Yeah, that's off. Excellent. That is not resonating anymore. Beautiful. Okay. Ugh. Yeah. So everything wow. has shifted. Beautiful. So this was That's a long, a yeah, this was a long um, call here. So I'm just going to, we bring this session to a close. Is anything more needed from this session? No, the session is complete. Yes. Excellent. Wow, right. I feel like the ice broke in the middle of winter and now the water's flowing. <laughs> <laughs> How nice. Excellent. Excellent. So, well, thank you, everybody. Um, I'm happy to stay on the call for um, maybe 10 more minutes or so if people have any questions. I know that we've gone over time, so I also know that um, a lot of people probably need to move on to the next phase of their evening. So thank you for joining us. Thank and, you, thank uh, you. If, if you have any questions, you can press um, star 8. And that will raise your hand. But end the recording first. End the recording first. Okay, great. So I'm going to unmute us all. Thank you for coming, everybody. Bless you. Bless you. Blessings and thanks so much. Elizabeth and James. You're welcome. Okay, we will end the recording. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.